The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Jesus began speaking in the synagogue, saying, Today this scripture passage is fulfilled in your hearing. And all spoke highly of him and were amazed at the gracious words that came from his mouth. They also asked, Isn't this the son of Joseph? He said to them, Surely you will quote me this proverb, Physician, cure yourself, and say, Do here in your native place the things that we heard were done in Capernaum. And he said, Amen, I say to you, no prophet is accepted in his own native place. Indeed, I tell you, there were many widows in Israel in the days of Elijah, when the sky was closed for three and a half years and a severe famine spread over the entire land. It was to none of these that Elijah was sent, but only to a widow in Zarephath in the land of Sidon. Again, there were many lepers in Israel during the time of Elisha the prophet, yet not one of them was cleansed, but only Naaman the Syrian. When the people in the synagogue heard this, they were all filled with fury, They rose up, drove him out of the town, and led him to the brow of the hill on which their town had been built, to hurl him down headlong. But Jesus passed through the midst of them and went away. The Gospel of the Lord. It is commonly said that an expert is anyone from out of town. I suppose there's something to be said for that. Sometimes if someone's been away from their hometown for 10, 20, 30 years or more, you will hear a conversation, something like this, or a statement. It happened at my own 50th high school reunion last year. He's still the same as he always was. He's always been like that. And like that usually isn't positive. It's usually negative. Once in a while, someone will say, I always thought that so-and-so was gifted. She was always a wonderful girl. I knew that she would do, whatever she did, she would do well, but not too often. We tend to remember the negative aspects of people. I remember when I was just ordained at the cathedral, my mother announced that she was coming for a visit. And the ladies of the Legion of Mary were going to take her out to lunch. We never know what mothers are going to say. So I said to my mother when she came, I said, Mother, you have to remember one thing. You first met me when I was 18. Uh, But you can't control mothers. They will say what they say. That's true with the Son of God. When the Son of God enters our world, he seems very ordinary to his own people. Interesting, isn't it? Think of this town of Nazareth. Our Lord has gone back to his hometown. And remember in the Gospel of St. John, when our Lord called Philip and Philip called Nathaniel. And the fact that he said, we found the one who Moses was speaking of in the prophets. 
Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. And what does Nathaniel say? Can anything good come out of Nazareth? It was known for being a rather difficult town with difficult people who seemed to be rather unpleasant. There are places like that, I think, um, where people seem to be rather, well, out of sorts. But in some ways it fits, doesn't it? To be born in a stable, in a cave, to be exiled to Egypt. Where else would he be brought up except in a town full of difficult uh, people, perhaps unpleasant people? That's That's where God would go. God seems to do things like that. So he returns to his own town. And at first they're rather excited by what he's doing, and saying, rather. He's saying that he's the fulfillment. I am it. I am the Messiah. Today this scripture passage is, passage is fulfilled in your hearing. And then they say, but isn't this the son of Joseph? They don't know who he is, do they? No. That's what they think. This is the son of In other words, who is he? We know him. He can't be anything special. And our Lord knows them as he knows you and he knows me. So he confronts them. These people lack faith because he's the son of Joseph and they lack the love of the second reading to the Corinthians. I've heard that reading more times than I can tell you at weddings. Where We all like that reading, don't we, about love. Um, we don't want to live it, but we certainly like to hear it. And our Lord comes to bring that love to his own people, and they don't want it. So what happens when a people who lack faith all of a sudden have this love come into their midst? Well, kill it, naturally. Destroy it. And anyway, so he confronts them. He says, you will undoubtedly quote me the proverb, physician, cure yourself, and do the things here that we heard you did in Capernaum. They're angry, perhaps a little hurt, that the things they heard that he did, cures, uh, great miracles, weren't taking place there. And they don't realize that it's their own fault. It's their own lack of faith in him. But he says, a prophet is, ex- is accepted, no prophet is accepted in his own native place. And then he uses two examples that they don't want to hear either. Examples from the Old Testament about the widow of Zarephath, a Gentile, not a Jew, not one of the children of Israel. The Naaman, the Syrian, again a Gentile, not one of the children of Israel. And they were cured and others were not. And the widow, in her case, uh, was uh, fed. And they're angry. He's confronting them. He's daring to suggest that they're on a par with the Gentiles. They're the people of Israel. They're the chosen people. And he's going to put them not only on a par, but even beneath them. They can't tolerate that. They don't realize that it's their own fault. Remember, you and I are Nazareth in this gospel. You and I are Nazareth. They know him. We know him too, don't we? We know our Lord. We get rather used to him, rather comfortable with him in the wrong sense. We've lost the sense of all. We've forgotten who he really is. We have to do that from time to time. We have to spend time reminding ourselves that Jesus Christ is God-made man. God come to earth. God came to redeem us. In fact... We cannot stand before him unless we have first knelt before him. Otherwise, we won't know who it is that we're facing. We must kneel before him before we can stand before him. We must recognize him as creator and God before we recognize him as brother and friend, or we won't know who that brother and friend is. And we will get used to him as we get used to many people. 
someone who's really important who comes from out of town, we may be awed by them. But if somebody we've known for years, well, it's all right. Jewelers get used to fine gems. An ordinary diamond may not be so much to a jeweler. And we can get used even to God and his incarnation. And they can't even recognize him. But notice what it goes on to say. They're angry, and so they're going to kill him. Again, that's what we do with love. That's what the world did when love came into it. When this divine, sacrificial, heroic love came in. We must kill it. So they rise up, and they lead him to the brow of the hill on which their town was built to hurl him down headlong. They forget who's in control, because they still think that he's just the son of Joseph. But Jesus passed through the midst of them and went away. He does that on a rare occasion. Passed through their midst and went away. A few weeks ago, we heard the gospel of the wedding feast of Cana. Remember what our Lord said to his mother? Woman, my hour has not yet come. God has his day. The devil has his hour. And the hour in scripture in the New Testament always refers to his suffering and death. That's his hour. No one can touch him until he says, now. No one. As they can't hear. The time will come when he will say, now. And then he will allow us to take him and crucify him. And not until he is, not until that moment has come. And so he passes away. Well, you and I have to face him too, as he comes to us in the Eucharist in his body and blood. He comes to us. We're rather used to that too, aren't we? You know, that's one of the things I think is so wonderful about adoration, is that the greatest action is the Mass. Everything else flows from that, including adoration. But adoration is wonderful because it reminds us of who it is who comes to us here, who is about to enter into his world. And we are used to him. So we have to sit down and remind ourselves of who it is. Again, we can become bored with the infinite when God comes to earth. But he comes anyway because redemption demands it. Notice how here too the cross is there. The cross is visible in this gospel. The cross is always visible. Always there in his life. But now he comes to us in the cross and in his resurrection to draw us to himself. What is our attitude towards that, do you think, now? Well, here we are again, one more day. Um, We've done our duty. God has come into the world. God has come down in our midst. And if we are able, God has come into us. Uh, We must know who he is. And we must allow him to transform us. So we now thank him for what he has done, how wonderful this is. We are overwhelmed by the beauty of God, overwhelmed by his intimacy, overwhelmed that God should do such a thing for a creature. And yet he has done it, and he's about to do it again.